Oz. There's no room for the O's. Uh, welcome along to No Room for the O's. Um, my name's John. You may uh, recognise me or you may not from um, a previous podcast, The Rambling Classroom, um, where I did that with my friend Henry. Um, now, Henry's taken a little step back from, from podcasts uh, for the time being, hence the uh, new name and hence him not being here and me not being able to ask him about how his exercise is going. Um, well, so the way this is going to work, it's going to be very similar uh, in format. We'll do a few things, but I'm also going to have a guest host hopefully each week. Um, so I'm delighted that my guest host this week uh, is a friend of the Rambling Classroom, uh, Dr. Megan Hurst. Dr. Megan Hurst, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, now, Arthur will be back soon. Um, and in honour of him, uh, he he came up with a little song for you, Megan. I don't know. I think you've heard this. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately um, I have. So I was watching Darts with um with Arthur at New Year. Um <laughs> and there's a Peter Wright, there's a little song for him. Uh, and he said, Oh, Megan Hurst fits this. So it's like na 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 Megan, Megan Hurst, Megan Hurst, Doctor Megan Hurst. So there you go, Arthur, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, that has now been recorded and is there forever. So I hope you feel welcome, Megan. Yeah, it's nice to have my own theme song. Yeah. Um, how have you been since we last saw you Christmas uh, 2018, I think? Yeah, there's been some highs and lows since then, Good. at least. Yeah. So, you know, we can do that bit. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, so, I think what we'll do, uh, in true honour of, of Henry, um, Megan, how's, how's the exercise going? Uh, it's going okay. Um, so my muscles are hurting a bit today because uh, yesterday I was up in London for trials with an ultimate frisbee club team Ooh. for the women's season. So that was really fun. Nice. Obviously, if they cut me, I'll say it was horrible and I hate them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it was really great. Uh, it's just really good to be out there playing very competitive, very high level with lots of other awesome women from around the southeast. Nice. And my muscles are hurting because I was watching high level women's rugby yesterday. Um, so I'm obviously feeling the aches and pains through sympathy. Is that a thing? Like a kind of absorbed, yeah, empathic pain. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. Um, awesome. Right. Well, thank you. I think we'll uh, go straight in with um, getting our our proper guest in today. If that's all, all right. Your proper guest. Our proper guest. Yeah, you're a guest oh, host. Okay. Uh, so we'll get our proper Sorry, guest in. Not to get upset. <laughs> when am I ever gonna need this? Cool, thanks Simon, you are on it. Um, Simon is back, obviously. Uh, right, so welcome to the show. Alice, Alice, how are you doing? Thanks for being here. Yes, I'm quite pleased to be called a proper guest. That's quite <laughs> intriguing, yeah, but yeah, no, nice to be here. Good. Um, so, listeners, Alice is um, our Senko at my school um, and has been, I think you started that role two, three third, years ago? my third year, yeah. Amazing, and as... Um, made huge impacts we'll get into that in a little bit i think um just to start with just to ease everyone in we'll do our highs and lows as megan hinted um so here's another jingle from simon <clears throat> lovely right um megan why don't you start us off with either a high or a low entirely up to you uh well i think my high and my low are essentially the same thing oh um, me too but go on oh Oh, see, I'm really on trend as a host. Um, so I don't know how much uh, listeners know, but uh, in 
higher education at the moment, the main union, so universities and colleges union. Uh, lots of members are out on strike at the moment. My institution, Sussex, we're out on strike over the two disputes are over a kind of ongoing dispute about pensions and also um, a kind of uh, pay workload equalities dispute as well, which is slightly separate. Um, so sort of my high is that I've been on strike, so I've got loads of stuff done around the house. Nice. Uh, which is convenient because we've just moved and the house was a pigsty for <laughs> about five weeks. Okay. Um, now you've sorted it. Yeah, no, it's perfect. There's Good. no mess anywhere. <laughs> um, uh, but then unfortunately we have been out on strike for quite a few days so far. Um, and uh, obviously there's like the it being sort of frustrating not to be teaching, not to be supporting students because I'd really rather be doing that than tidying the house, joking aside. Um, but then also it turns out I don't do very well without structure in my life. Oh. Um, and uh, and what it's made me realise is that actually next year when I have a period of research leave, I need to like impose some kind of artificial structure. Otherwise, I'll just like go slightly feral and wild. I mean, Alice and I would recommend a bell every hour. A bell every hour, yeah. And then sometimes <laughs> yeah. a shorter distance between them than that. That really really helps just to keep you on your toes yeah yeah no it's really nice just to keep you moving through the day particularly it it sometimes rings like three times at once ring 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 um which is really lovely lovely noise so yeah if you can install one of them in your in your home um, yeah i'll talk to my partner about that i'm sure he'll be very very pro that as an option Yeah, yeah i'm sure um cool so that was your high and low all in one yep it was quite a quick go um mine's mine's the same so maybe we'll end with me um so alice high high and and low from your working week or or working year i think um my high is quite nice actually that i'm doing this weekend because i think my high would be um book day um oh nice yeah i'm i read quite a lot um and so having a day where you can just talk to children about books was just my best day it's oh, my cool. best day of the year so I really really enjoyed that and I kind of put everything to one side and we spent with my classes we spent a lot a lot of time just talking about books we like reading and oh, why amazing. we like reading them so that was really nice that's really cool um and then my low probably wouldn't be something necessary that's happened this week um but just recently I was invited on a county panel to look at um one of the structures that we have for some of our students to get what used to be called statements but are now called EHCPs and whilst it was really interesting seeing what you know you had to put in to make them successful it was a depressingly low amount that were agreed um so yeah that was kind of a little bit soul destroying when you know how much goes into writing those sorts of things and sort of driving away thinking oh my goodness um so yeah that would be my recent low I think wow okay cool um what did you dress up as for World Book Day? Um, I dressed up as a um, character from Alice in Wonderland. Ooh. Oh, yes. No, I saw all the... Um, yeah, there's a, a colleague of yours in our department who was the King of Hearts. Yes, that's right. I was uh, very, very impressed. My team did very well. Yeah, yeah. They were very good. Good. Did the kids generally know who, where you all came from? Yes, they did. Um, and a lot of the students that I deal with were sort of hunting out various parts of our department to find out who was who. Oh, nice. Um, which is really nice. And then reporting back on what they thought. That's cool. Yeah, it was good. I was um, I was out of... Uh, have you read Holes? Yeah. Have you read Holes, Megan? No. No, I'd not heard of it. And then my <laughs> boss gave me an orange jumpsuit in the morning to put this on. Um, <laughs> that sounds quite sinister. Yeah. Um, like they're shipping you off to prison. 
It did feel like that. Um, but yeah, so I, having not read it, I was a little bit unaware of who I was, but kids that had seen it all, all kind yeah. of thought it was it was decent. Because um, last year, the maths department, um, we all wore just like black and then put some spots on us to become dominoes, which wasn't really from a book, uh, nor was it any effort. Um, <laughs> so my boss really wanted us to put some effort in this year. So she sorted that. Um, so my, my high and low is exactly the same thing, um, which is all to do with year 11 mocks. So the high is, it's a weird one because I haven't had to teach very much um, in the last two weeks, um, which is odd because I do really like teaching, but then it's nice when you get that bonus, bonus free time just to kind of actually basically achieve nothing. Um, but then my low is also related to that for two reasons. One, I mean, it sounds petty to say the marking, yeah. uh, so I don't really want to say that. Um, but also the marking. Also yeah. the marking. Uh, that's what I'm doing after this. Um, but also the kind of, uh, the like, the annoyance when year 11s are in my lesson and then they want to revise things and then they're not really sure how how to do it sensibly so then they just become a bit chaotic mm. and it it then adds more annoyance to my day because I get a bit I don't want to be like ratty with them but then they are they're stressed from the mocks and then they are being annoying because they don't really know how to revise or what they want to revise and they definitely don't want to do any maths because they've already done their maths exam um, and so it's like this weird weird combination of not very enjoyable time so when when there's no kids there it's great um, but when there's like 15 or so, and then they don't really know what they're doing, it becomes a real, a real pain. Um, and you can't teach them anything new because half of them are missing. And it's just, yeah, so that's my kind of high and low. Um, and the marking can be thrown in there as well. So as I said at the start, Alice is our uh, Senko um Special Educational Needs Coordinator, is that the official? Yeah, they've added a D in now, so they, it's Special Educational Needs and Disabilities Coordinator. Ooh. So sometimes it's a SENDCO, but some people just say SENDCO. SENDCO, okay, mm. I will correct that in my notes now. Um, awesome, so this first question from me is going to, I think, take you a couple of hours to answer. <laughs> um, could you list all of your responsibilities as a SENDCO? Or maybe you can't. <laughs> As I was thinking about this this episode, I was like, I have no idea how many different jobs you have, so I thought I'd ask. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're probably not alone in that as well. I think I, uh, the perception from other people would be quite interesting. I think I, I have listed some things that I I am, but um, I think on a daily basis there are a huge variety of things. Um, so I mean, my main job is obviously to look after any students with additional needs or disabilities. That's my main, my main job. Um, but I also run a department of teaching assistants. So I need to put them in where they need to go. Yeah. Um, my priority is uh, students that have um, educational healthcare plans, which was used to be statements. They're kind okay. of my priority students. Um, supporting staff in delivering things to those students. Um, I'm also in charge of transition. So that's students coming in. From year, from um, year six or just... Year five, they... sometimes I oh, deal wow. with the students from year five um, and also going out. So year 11 is going into year 12. Oh, okay. Um, so when you mentioned the lovely not having year 11 lessons in the last term, that's my most 
hideous terms. I have to walk through yes. staff room not looking at staff who are not <laughs> teaching year 11 because I'm doing, yeah, year 12 and year 6 oh, and wow. the other students as well. Um, I also, um, a lot of Senkos don't teach, um, but I teach um, some small groups of students. I do a nurture provision for English in year 7 and year 8 which is lovely um, and I feel quite privileged to be able to teach them because they're brilliant, really, really nice classes. Um, And I deal with any outside agency to do with any child, so whether they're visually impaired or speech and language or anything to do with that as well. Okay. Um, And parents is probably my biggest um, area. Oh, wow. How much of your day is spent talking to parents? Uh, uh, well or is it lots of do you get lot, do, do parents now email you mostly and just think right Alice will deal with it yeah I think parents that I deal with regularly I tend to phone and they're ones that I speak to quite you know okay. there are some parents I would speak to every day um, or every other day wow um, but mostly it's email and that's because I can catch up with that if it's not important parents who know me quite well will, will, will say oh this isn't an important thing but can you get back to me at some yeah. point um, but yeah I do get a lot of emails during the day um, from parents so when when a child is going on to college what sort of uh, what sort of communication will you have with um, that college or you know what sort of things will you pass on is it like very specific things about the student or is it more general um it can be dependent on the on what the student wants as well because some students want to have a bit more of a fresh start because it might be in that last year they've gained a lot of independence okay um but generally it's it's to do with um what they need for testing and exams um but also it's it's the provision that they've had with us um so i meet all the colleges um sort of in the last term and we go through all the students that have applied to their colleges what i've done with them and what support they've had with us um and what they need going forward wow okay and then is that a similar thing that you get from year five year six yeah so the year fives if they've got um an educational healthcare plan they have to apply a year early so oh, okay. when we do our open evenings, I sometimes get year fives and year six coming round. Right. Um, okay. And then um, I will visit all the primary schools in our locality and further afield if we've got some sort of ones that are coming outside of catchment. I meet all the SENCOs um, and talk to them about all the students that are coming to us. And then they recommend any students that need extra transition. So I do an extra transition program with those that need more than just sort of the generic day that we get um, for all of our year sixes. Wow. Sounds like a lot. Um. <laughs> I find that really interesting because actually one of the things in, in higher education and different institutions deal with it differently, but certainly the advice that we're told as academic advisors, so the sort of small group of students, say, coming in in year one of undergraduate that I might be responsible for, we're told to tell all of those students, essentially, we have none of their former details and they have to go and right. register separately. So it might be that they have an ed psych uh, educational psychologist report already that they can bring as evidence but actually they have to go through this whole procedure of registering once they arrive with us as far as I know which or I think some people register before they get there but I know that it's interesting because it trips a lot of our students up in the yeah. January exam window because yeah. and I've spoken to students where they say oh I've just always had extra time in exams I thought it would carry over yeah um, and it's, so it's interesting to see that really good linking up between primary school and secondary school or secondary school college and then it just there's this kind of gaping hole between yeah, yeah. them and mm. university. Do you have any students keep in touch 
with you when they leave? Sometimes, sometimes. Um, not necessarily at the school I'm at now because I haven't been there very long, but I am still in touch with a couple of students at my previous school that I spent quite a long... Um, Previously, I sort of ran a kind of inclusion classroom for Key Stage 4. Oh, OK. Um, so students that weren't in lessons or were at risk of exclusion. Um, and there are a couple of... Well, one of them who's just gone to university. Oh, um, which I spent a lot of time with her. Um, yeah, and that's really nice. And often I get approached in the street <laughs> by random <laughs> students who I've taught. But you remember them. I might not remember their name, but I remember their faces yeah, always. Because, yeah. um, you know, you don't forget about those students that you spent a lot of time with. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Um, cool. When in in your uh, right, let me phrase this. My old tutor group, I got into a bad habit with them in that I let them come in in the mornings, and so I then lost often like twenty minutes of my sort of planning at the start of the day, or just kind of settling in. Um, with my current tutor group, I've been much better at following the actual school rules. Um, <laughs> but uh, at what at, at what point do you will the student first come and find you in the morning? Is it almost as soon as you get through the door? Even before that. Oh, right. <laughs> it's in the car park. Some, oh, okay. some students, the moment I step out, they'll watch my car come in. Oh, And, and the moment they'll... I step outside my car, there are a couple of students, yeah. Just for kind of reassurance? Yeah, or... and uh, I do think that sometimes when I walk through the corridors, if you, I mean, the amount of, um, you know, connections I have on a daily basis yeah. are quite high, and there's a reason for that. Um, so, yeah. Um, but, you know, we have quite a lot of students that I would see before school, at break time, at lunchtime and possibly after school as well. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, my next question was when when does the last people leave <laughs> for they're, you? Yeah, they're not they're not so bad after school generally. Um, but yeah, most of most of the time it's um, and, you know, you can have students who have specific lessons that, you know, they might struggle with that might need to pop down afterwards or or talk to you about something as well. So, yeah. Okay. So how how much of your like day can you plan in advance? Um or is it none of it? You just you've got all these jobs and you just kind of fit them in um, as and when. Well, my teaching stays the same, which is quite nice. Um although I am often visited during my teaching. Um <laughs> which happens quite teachers? a lot yeah um yeah. <laughs> or i can certain students i can hear outside or i've got a little window in my door so i can see them um we've got a little central area where they can go um so yeah that that happens quite a lot um and i have you know points with meetings um where i'm sort of meeting certain agencies and things like that but generally um if i need to get a specific piece of paperwork done i have to go somewhere else to do oh okay so just hide away and yeah. Get it done. Yeah. Fair enough. What's um, the weirdest place you've had to hide in the school to get paperwork done? Or do you not want to give away your secrets away you hide in case John comes looking for I give it away, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a, oh, I don't know, it's a double-edged sword because whilst you always want to be around, you can quite easily be, you know, there the whole time. Um, and I'm not very good. I procrastinate a lot with paperwork. And if a child comes to me, I'd much rather deal with the child than the piece of paper that's sat <laughs> on my desk. So I'm probably not a very good example of that because I'm quite, you know, kid centered really. Um, so yeah, I'd always choose the child over the piece of paper. <laughs> um, so you mentioned in there you teach some nurture, nurture groups. Is yeah. that, is that, if you only got nurture groups? Currently or? Yeah, no, I did have um, a mainstream class, but 
I found that really hard and this would sound really strange um, because obviously, you know, the huge numbers that we have in classes, yeah. I find it difficult personally having, say, 31, 32 students leave the classroom and me not having a connection with them at some point in the lesson. Uh, that okay. really, I'd find that really hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas with my, you know, with my year, year sevens and my year eights that I have, um, we've got sort of groups 10 or 12 and you get to know so much about them and also how, you know, when they leave me, their confidence levels and their strategies they have with different things that they've maybe barriers to learning they've got. So it's, um, you know, it's really, um, really intense, but in a good way. It's yeah, really yeah. positive. So when, when did you kind of start in your teaching veering towards this, this role that you're, um, you're in now? Um, was it something straight away that you thought this is something I can do really well at this is something I'm passionate about or no I think it kind of started I mean I PE trained really so I started as a PE teacher um, and second my English was my second subject but I got to a stage where I ended up with certain types of groups um, that maybe others didn't want to teach right Um, okay (laughs) and I enjoyed them um, and I enjoyed getting a connection with those students that maybe not everybody can. Um, and then there became a, a position um, just after I came back from a maternity leave um, in a kind of inclusion area. And I sort oh, okay. of thought I'd give that a go. Um, and yeah, and just really loved it. Really loved it. Nice. Um, and I've got one more very important question. I don't know if Megan's got any other questions. I'll let you go. Okay. So my question everyone's thinking about is, do you have a walkie-talkie? No. And you there's don't. lots of discussion about that. People want me to have a walkie-talkie. I was going to say you. But actually that could be my um, no. Oh, okay. Because right. I won't, because I am quite, where I am is quite a central place in the school. So I'm easily accessible. Um, I do answer my phones and emails quite sort of regularly. Yeah, and yeah. there are certain people that know where to find me if they need to. Um, but I don't want a walkie-talkie wow that is that's interesting because you seem quite um uh like important important enough to get a (laughs) walkie-talkie no a lot of people have said to me you should have one and i've said no and i'm gonna hold off that for as long as i can we'll delve more into that in a moment (laughs) is this like a classic school politics thing that i'm unaware of like the walkie-talkie and who gets one and who doesn't i think there's there's lots of I don't know, because lots of people have a walkie-talkie and then you get frustrated when they don't answer it or respond to it immediately or you put out an on-call and it appears no one has heard, even though there should always be someone on call, or other times three people will turn up um, because they've all heard it on the walkie-talkie. So it's kind of a bit of a weird one, but it tends to be in our school, all the senior leadership get them and then all the... Pastoral support. Pastoral support officers. And... Yeah, the achievement leaders, so heads of year. Um, and then some some head of departments or not? No, they don't, no. do they? No. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of a kind of strange one, but I'd, I'd have thought Alice would would have been forced to have one, but we'll no. talk about that in a little bit more. Mm. Cool. Any other questions from you, Megan? No, I'm good. Wonderful. What do you mean you don't know? No, no, no. Uh, so this is um, as was before. Just uh, if in our in our working weeks we've thought of I don't know Megan if you've been at work you've been on strike so maybe there won't be much for you. Um, any kind of funny things? Oh, I'll, I'll kick off. Um, I've got 
two two things that one child did and then one that really made me laugh that a different child said um there's this little group of kids who sit where they shouldn't before school but anyway they get away with it because they're nice that's the way schools work um but so this one child there this was at about 20 past eight um in the morning was halfway through a tub of ben and jerry's um <laughs> which i just kind of stopped and looked, i was like i cannot cannot imagine eating ice cream at this time let alone he'd got through half a tub um <laughs> But then that same child, he, he's like in year 10 and there's often a couple of year 11s around there. And they were clearly there before school and then um, he obviously went off to do something and then the year 11s had to go to an exam. So when I got there, I just saw, bless him, his coat with his Kindle and his iPhone just on it there for anyone to um, take. I assume he was going to recycle his ice cream tub. Um, but yeah, that kind of, <laughs> I was just like, Oh, child. Um, but then the one that really made me laugh uh, was in the lesson of mine. Um, the boy was on a warning um, for just talking and being silly. And then the the child next to him answered a question, which was, he got it slightly wrong. I said, oh, no, not quite. And then the kid on the on the warning, let's call him Graham, um, Graham just leant over to the other child and just went, you're wrong just really loudly right in his face and i was just like oh uh graham i think we're gonna i think we're gonna move now aren't we he was like okay sir (laughs) bless him so um yeah they were my my funny things from children this this last week or two do you sometimes want to tell kids in that voice that they're wrong though (laughs) was graham actually just channeling you and doing you a favor there uh no because the kid next to him who got the thing slightly wrong was is really nice works really hard and doesn't get in any trouble oh again Um, so the nice kids (laughs) yeah uh so it was fine i'd already explained you know it was good his his wrong answer was good because it meant we could have a discussion about where it come from it didn't help that graham leant over and shouted in his face uh, I just wanted to check. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Either of you got any? Well, so upsettingly, um, so normally like the January marking period is pretty good for uh, just weird things being written in coursework submissions. Like generally speaking, students are pretty good. They're really on it. But then you have some students who've just like left it a little bit late or have forgotten to proofread something. So there's like their notes to themselves in it. Actually... I say disappointingly from like a funny stories perspective, disappointingly from a, hey, all my students have done quite good work. Actually, everyone did quite good work. So, oh. so no, no comedy entries from no comedy entries. coursework marking, unfortunately. Oh, all That's right. very sad. Okay, never mind. Alice, you got any? So this happens to me on a quite, <laughs> <laughs> on a quite you know, hourly basis, if not less. So it's really hard to think of something sort of specific because um, a lot of the students I deal with are prone to sort of exaggeration um, and notice very small things that okay. happen. Um, but in my classes, um, instead of doing the register, we do a thing called If I Was. Um, and on the board, I put If I Was, say, for example, um, an ice cream flavour or a colour. Oh, instead of answering nice. their name, they have to give me that 
reason and they love it and I always join in as well and yeah. um, I was outside with one of my groups um, sort of lining up outside and we were talking and one of the students said to me what's you know what's the if I was today and I said oh I can't I can't tell you but I said you know it's something um, it's something to do with an animal and one of an, old, an older student that I used to teach walked past and just under her breath went it's a wombat because that's what I would have said for my favourite animal, carried on walking. And the children were just looking like, what was wow. that about? But that really made me laugh that <laughs> a year later, she'd still remembered that my favourite animal was a wombat. That was really... Was it as sinister as that, that sort of... No, I don't think it was meant <laughs> okay. to be sinister. It was just it's sort of like, you, you, need to, you need to know this information before you go in, kind of way. <laughs> you know. Very important so, information. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Why a wombat? Um, I, I went they were to, lying. well, no, have you seen, have you ever seen a wombat? Not. They're amazing. They're like big bears oh. and they just shuffle about. They're brilliant. <laughs> I went to Australia and um, my brother lives in Melbourne, so we went to visit him a few years ago. Um, and yeah, just became a little bit obsessed about oh. wombats. Amazing. Simon on it with Google. There you go. Are they, are they cuddly or are they, um. Well, they can be, but. In the recent um, bushfires, they saved other animals with their underground burrow. Wow. I know. Oh, that's Heroes. really cool. Mm. They can get, what is it, behaviour points, achievement points? Achievement points. <laughs> behaviour point would be... Is that the bad one? Yeah, they, they'd probably get a community service award from our school for that. <laughs> nice. Ten points. Ten, ten, ten whole points. Ten points for community service. Wow. Good job on that. Yeah. Very Would they get a special that. assembly as well? No. No, just, that's too much. No. <laughs> Might get a certificate, um, but that'll be done through tutors. Okay. Uh, and then depending on the enthusiasm of the tutor group, may or may not get recognised. My tutor group just sit there very passively most mornings, <laughs> which in some ways is great because they're quiet. Uh, in other ways, <laughs> like if I've got things like that, and I'm like, really well done, and then everyone's just like, hmm. And then I feel a bit like... Oh, are these kids who are getting their certificate for their 50 achievement points pleased that I'm trying to show everyone that they've got it? Or are they annoyed because no one's really responding? I don't really... Yeah, it's a strange... strange maybe, maybe you need to invent some kind of, like, dance or sort of celebration <laughs> for it that they all have to join in with. Have you to... seen John dance? <laughs> yes, I think that's why. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm nervous for our challenge now. Um... <laughs> No, 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 never. Well done, Simon, on it. Um, is all about... So because the, the podcast is now called No Room for the O's, I thought we need something where we're talking about saying no to something. Um, and this this idea actually came from a conversation I had with, with you, Megan, because on your whiteboard above your desk, you said you've got something like day since I... What is, what is it exactly? It's a, So it started off as days since I said yes to something dumb. Okay. But then I realised that I was basically cheating the system by volunteering for things before anyone asked me. So then oh, I had okay. to change it to days since I said yes to something dumb or volunteered for something equally dumb. Okay. <laughs> so so I thought um, I, I... I'm sure... I, I don't think I'm... I don't think I get asked to do loads of things, but I imagine other people in, in teaching and in schools get asked to do things that they shouldn't have to do and just sort of say yes because at the goodness of their hearts or they're saying yes to something dumb. So I thought that would be a good feature um, to bring in. So that's what this is all about. Now, the only one I could think of for me currently is actually something I said yes to about four years ago um, and I still do it every year. 
um, which well, I kind of got tricked into it. Um, so our NQTs and PGCs have a program that they, they do, and one of the sessions is numeracy across the curriculum. Um, and an old head of department said he would do it, and then he got me to help him do it. Well, that's how he said. He said, oh, you know, John, come and, come and help me, and we'll do it together, uh, and it'll be good for you. Um, and I was like, mm, okay. And then he, then he somehow discovered he wouldn't be able to make that session. Uh, so he said, don't worry, John, we'll plan it together. Um, it'll be, it'll be great. And then you'll have to deliver it, but that's fine. Don't worry. You'll be fine. Uh, and then, and then he didn't plan it with me and he said, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Um, and then it turned out he was there on the day cause he popped in at the end. Um, <laughs> and then ever since then, my name has been on the um, program for running numeracy across the curriculum within our school uh, as a little session every year. And I've, I've remembered because uh, the assistant head teacher emailed me reminding me that it's coming up this week. Um, <laughs> I, I do one of those as well. Yeah. So it's actually and I've tried and failed to sort of push this on to someone else. Um <laughs> Although last year, for the first time ever, I got some positive feedback from it, so that was good. So hopefully it will be good this week. Um, so I don't know if I should have said no to that all those years ago. or But anyway, that was the thing that kind of came to my mind um, for this. Silas, I'm hoping you've been asked to do lots of ridiculous things and you've said <laughs> yes to them all. Um, I'm not I'm not very good at saying no, that is true. Um, quite a few people have said that to me. So I am, um, well, I have said no to the walkie-talkie, so there's one. Um, but I did read a book over half term um, and it was talking about trying to sort of say no. Because I think sometimes when it's to do with children, it's really hard mm. to sort of say, oh, so a lot of time I say, well, I can't do that right now, but I might do it. Um, or I might find somebody else to sort of help you with it. Okay. Um, but it was um, the book that I was reading was about um, what do you need to do right now? Oh, okay. Sometimes when you've got lots of decisions to make, it's really hard to prioritise, and that's something I have to do quite a lot. So that's really helped me with sort of what do I need to do right now? Yeah. Um, sometimes it's go and make a cup of coffee. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't decide on what you need to do right now. Um, but yeah, so that's that's really helped me. But yeah, I suppose the walkie talkie would be the biggest. No, that is drum. a big. <laughs> I can imagine a lot of people would want you to have a walkie-talkie. Yes. Because they would like to have <laughs> Alice come and help with yes. a student. Yes. Um, but then that also goes against the grain of um, everybody's responsibility helping all of those students too, that it's just not mine. Yeah, yeah. So that would, uh, that's my reasoning, I think, behind that. How many people have asked you... Why you haven't got to walkie-talkie? <laughs> um, <laughs> not too many, actually. Or how many people have that you should have one? A few. Okay. Not too many. All right. Maybe that's because they can find, oh, I'm quite accessible, or they know when to find me. Ah, uh, yeah. That might be, there are certain points of the day where I'm always in the same place. Sure. So that might be what, because they know where I am. A stationary target. Yes, that's right. Cool. Um, all right, so... Megan, I guess this depends on how high your counter is on your days. Well, I had to reset it recently. I got to I got to two hundred and forty eight days without saying yes to something dumb when previously I hadn't made it above a hundred. Okay. Um and it was it was it was something I kinda had to say well not had to say yes to, I could have said no, but um 
we've uh, unfortunately had a member of a colleague go off sick um, and there was some teaching that needed to be covered um, and it was annoying because I knew that I was the person that made most sense to cover it because actually it would take me the least amount of time but also at the same time I knew it was a dumb thing to say yes to. Okay. Um, uh, but then also I guess so the reason I started having that counter in the first place is that when I first came to Sussex I was on a fixed term contract yep. and so when you're on a fixed term contract but there's this kind of potential for it to become permanent or there potentially might be a permanent job coming up soon or you know that well even if there isn't a permanent job at Sussex you're going to need a reference from your head of school for whatever else you're applying for um, you're kind of in this position where you you feel like you have to say yes to lots of things like you've got to um, kind of prove that that you're good at stuff and and kind of do that sort of thing so and I think when I first started having that counter because I knew I was saying yes to too many things um, actually I would have said yes to something like this and then not not put any conditions in place sure um, and so I think what I actually did well even though I had to reset my counter because I was like yeah no I can't get away with this let's go back to zero um, actually I said, okay, I can do this, but I need to not do these things that I'm doing at the moment. Um, and obviously I won't tell my deputy head of school who's in charge of workload, but I might have accidentally got rid of more than I needed to. So now it's quite mm -hmm. weird when I'm in work and I'm like, oh, I don't I don't have to do any of these things that previously I would have been doing. And so I'm like, what do I do with my time? Nice. Help. I mean, research, I should do research with my time. Okay. That's what I'm meant to be doing. Most <laughs> <laughs> but it's easy to forget that. Cool. Donald, do you think that's appropriate? Uh, so, detention-wise, um, obviously uh, Donald Trump remains in detention. Um, he did something ridiculous recently about coronavirus and... Sorry, one of my cats is starting to be noisy. Um, he did something that got him back in detention recently. There was a boat off San Francisco, I think, and he said... He didn't want to let the people into into dock because he didn't want to change the USA's numbers or something. And it wasn't about trying to get people... He was worried about what image that would project of the USA and the number of cases they've got of coronavirus um, rather than caring about these people actually and finding out who's ill, who needs help and so on. Um, so he was back in detention for that. Um, so my my person I'm putting in detention controversially is, is Henry. Um, so <laughs> when he's not here to defend himself, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Henry, um, congratulations to him, by the way. Since uh, the last series, he has learned to drive and passed his driving test. Um, and we'll talk about you, Simon. Um, Simon passed first. Uh, <laughs> well done. But so Henry um, passed on a Saturday, and I spoke to him a bit over the weekend. And he came came into the staff room Monday morning sat down next to me and um, another colleague and said, uh, so how many how many minors did you get in your tests? Uh, and I got three. I've forgotten what the colleague said. And he went, right, so officially I'm a better driver than both of you. Uh, and I, I swore at him. Um, but uh, so Henry, yes, well done for passing your test. Sincerely, um, let's be humble. <laughs> so he is um, well and truly in detention with Donald Trump as far as I'm concerned um, 
Alice, who, are you, who or what are you going to put in detention? Um, We've had things varying from the wind um, <laughs> to various political figures. Footballers, I think, have been in there. So um, anything, anyone? Um, I, was strugg- I was looking this morning, I was struggling to find out who is actually responsible for this. So it might be a, a, a few people. So I don't know whether it's local authorities, whether it's Boris Johnson or whether it's <laughs> the government. But um, we'd be about closing public libraries. Um, I recently oh. went to um, Amsterdam and they've got the most amazing public library. It's just such an amazing space and it's got it's beautifully done and there's so many different sort of things you can do there and it's really busy. It's yeah, a really yeah. vibrant um, space. Um, and then when I returned and just thought about our our libraries and it was a bit of a haven for me when my children were younger Um, and it's a really lovely community area and people are sort of um you know fighting to keep their local libraries so whoever is responsible for that will be in detention although i'm not quite sure who that is well i mean for want of we'll put boris johnson in for it i think (laughs) i have got that's fine he can he can either take the the sanction or he can tell us who is responsible and um put them in but yeah we'll go with Boris Johnson that's fine very legit uh Megan who are you who or what are you going to put in detention well so I had two things but you've actually stolen one of them so um I've got a bit addicted to reading about coronavirus more from like sort of just from the sort of academic enjoyment of understanding like epidemics and how they spread and how they work um and um but I realised yesterday, having talked to someone who's from the US and, and someone who's actually from Washington state, um, how different different countries' approaches to, to looking at coronavirus have been. Um, and so my plan was to put Donald Trump and uh, whoever's in charge of making some of these decisions at the Centre for Disease Control into detention. Um, because in the States, they've had um, a really different testing protocol so they've been ref- they've been limiting how many tests they've been doing. They've been um, and actually it looks like they've been refusing to test people unless they've come back specifically from China. Um, oh wow! And what they've kind of realised recently, there's a fantastic article about it on the Atlantic about like the reporting of um, how many coronavirus cases different countries have and how that's not actually an indicator of how many cases those countries have. It's of their testing protocols, um, but essentially they've been not testing people coming back from Italy. They've been not testing people traveling from other Ooh. parts of Asia where, yeah, <laughs> Alison's making a great oh face right now. <laughs> um, and so what they actually now think, so now they've got unexplained cases in the US in over 20, in 25 states, I think they're up oh to now. Um, and they've, and um, they've essentially realized that it's probably been spreading in the community for maybe up to about six weeks. So they've so in the UK we've only just got to the point where we're looking at community transmission. Yeah. Whereas actually they think it's been it's kind of been going in the US for for quite a lot longer. And it's interesting looking at like their percentage of positive tests in the places where they are testing. Where actually in some places they've got about ten percent of people testing positive when they are testing. Whereas the figure in the UK is so much smaller. It's such a tinier percentage. So we've got, you know upwards of 20,000 tests that have been done and it's still a really small percentage of those that are testing positive. So in the UK, the UK is really going hard on this kind of containment strategy, um, which has been working pretty well. Um, I mean, it's not going to be perfect, but so it's kind of interesting, like just suddenly being exposed to that different. Um, 
So that was my like highbrow one. And then my, my lowbrow person that has to go into detention is me. Oh, okay. So this is a bit of a controversial suggestion putting myself in. Um, I've never tried that at work. I've never... <laughs> just <laughs> be quite a good way to get out of teaching. Just be like, sorry, I've got to go. I've got to go today. Um, yeah. Been sent to the isolation room. <laughs> um, and essentially I did something which I think is inexcusable as the partner of a teacher. And it was that yesterday I had to get up at 6.30 and I accidentally left the same alarm on. So on a Sunday when... <sighs> My partner Ooh. could have got a lie in. The alarm went off at six thirty, and although I was quite quick to turn it off, it did still wake him up. So <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I should, I should probably go in." <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, Simon. Can I put someone in detention? Oh, Simon wants to. Can I borrow your microphone, please? You can. Yeah. Thank you, Simon. Hello, Simon. Hi, everyone. Some the mysterious voice of Simon with, yeah. a, with a cold, but not coronavirus. Okay, <laughs> just to clarify, <laughs> just to clarify, if you're listening to this, you won't catch coronavirus from me unless you see me in person. So, I, <laughs> I have someone to put in detention today. Go on, and it's to do with coronavirus. Oh. So, I didn't actually know who she was until I have just bought an article about her. It's a health official from Santa, Santa Clara County in California. Oh, okay. She was addressing the public, and at one point, she said. Start working on not touching your face because one main way viruses spread is when you touch your own mouth, nose or eyes. Immediately after, she licked her finger and flipped her page over. (laughs) (laughs) So I would like to just put uh, (laughs) Sarah Cody. Cody. Sorry, but you have to go in. It did entertain me when I saw the video, but that's all. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you, Simon. Um, You do sometimes have to put kids in detention for really dumb things, don't you? Yeah. You just watch it and you're like, you know this is happening. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. Thanks, Simon. Um, oh, we should say congratulations on your new job as well, Simon, since you haven't, we haven't recorded for a while, but Simon is promoted. Yeah, definite side, sideway promotion. So the last section, Megan, I think you get away with this because you're a guest host. Yes. Um, whereas, uh, here's our jingle. Challenge. Challenge. Um, so, Alice, the fun part for you, maybe, um, you get to set me a challenge, uh, something to do in the in the working week, and I'm going to make a note of it, and uh, I'll report back in a future episode as to how well or badly I did. So go on, what we got? Well, I was originally going to ask you to do that if I was register, um, but you were banned from using maths words. However, I think the celebration dance for the um, in the tutor group is much more needed now. Celebration dance? Yes. So, sorry, clarify what I have to do. <laughs> so I in, have to so dance in, or the kids have well, to dance? Well, I think you probably should start the dance. Okay. And I think maybe you might like to offer any that would like to join you in the dance, because I'm sure some would in your tutor group. Uh, okay, and so this is when we are Celebr- celebrating anything in particular? Well, I think you can pick the achievement. Celebration dance. I think, so yeah. I need to dance. Dance. And the kids ideally will too. Yeah. And kids will too. Some of my tutor group might want to. I, yeah. But there are a number in there who will uh, frown at the... Um, <laughs> prospect of doing this no i mean it's it doesn't have to be you know everybody doesn't have to 
but I think the option of doing it. And I'm thinking that I might, you know, I can quite easily walk past your room during that time if I need to. If you need assistance and they're not being too... Have you got any advice of how to kind of sell this to those kids? <laughs> um, I suppose you could liken it to sort of like a Mexican wave kind of celebration, couldn't you? Ooh. Okay. All right. I'll think of something. Um, and next time there's a certificate or celebration of children's achievements, we will think of something. Okay. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not looking very thankful. No. Um, wonderful. Well, that um, brings us to the end of the show. Um, I haven't made a new Twitter yet, so I'm just going to check whether what I wanted to be our Twitter handle exists. Um, very professional. Um, so I will get a Twitter account. Um, maybe Simon will create an Instagram. Um, That's like a young person thing. Isn't yeah, because I don't really... Oh, good. It doesn't exist. What about TikTok? Cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know what TikTok is. Simon's laughing a lot. He's shaking We're his not going to do TikTok. Okay, so <laughs> our Twitter account, I'll make it later, will be uh, at No Room Podcast. So um, if you want to get in touch, and what I'm going to do this year, this year, this series, is on the detention front, I'm going to put that as a Twitter poll so we can see who was most worthy to be in detention. Um, out of the the various nominations so please do find us and vote on that Um, and we'll go from there cool and Simon will do something on Instagram maybe he's done double thumbs up for me and they're moving oh finger guns now (laughs) wow (laughs) okay yeah I don't know what that is (laughs) you give me some ideas for my dance Um, wonderful well um, Dr Megan Hurst thank you for co-hosting thank you for being back on the show we might see you again this series um, and Alice, thank you so much for coming and for giving some enlightenment onto uh, Sendco uh, and and life with that. Yeah, thank you. Amazing. This is no room for the O's. <laughs>